0: Welcome to the Lessons in Love podcast. I'm Blake Freedom.
1: And I'm Luke Hillis. Here we talk about communication for couples that care
0: and singles looking for a conscious relationship. In this podcast, we bring you the lessons of our love journey to help you cultivate the relationship experience you've always wanted.
1: We'll have conversations about what it takes to move through challenges, release tension in relationships, and communicate in ways that bring more intimacy which we've learned through over a decade of personal development,
0: and from actually doing our inner work. We're not afraid to keep it real, and we're so excited you're on this journey with us. So So let's
1: let's dive
0: in. in. Hey, welcome back. This is part two of our three-part series of our story, that we recorded at three and a half weeks into our relationship. At the time of this recording, we've been together for four and a half months, and this is so juicy. In this episode, you hear us talk about some of the things and people that Luke had to let go of in order to create space for me, and how I would settle for nothing less than being first choice. You'll hear about the quick action steps that he continued to take in order to prove his commitment and how my standards really set the stage for the level of depth and commitment we have because standards attract quality. This is a story you are not going to want to miss. So enjoy. Okay, one of my favorite things about this man is that he knows how to lift me up and make me happy, even if I'm feeling down. He is so silly and fun and ridiculous, like as much as I am. And we can just be so ridiculous and silly and fun together. And he gives me permission to be more of myself. Like I feel like I can be totally real and totally open and just all of the craziness of Blake with you. I mean, my mom has this thing where she says that I'm just so out there. And when she met Luke, she was like, he's really out there. She's like, I'm afraid the two of you are going to be so out there together. I was like, well, that's the point. So I just thank you for lifting me up and reminding me, like, why we're doing this. I really appreciate it. So in our last video, we were talking about we met at the event and up until the point when I flew home to Denver and the next night um, the next day I woke up feeling kind of funky I wasn't really feeling good I thought I'm really just worn down from the event I was feeling under the weather I ordered a bunch of supplements and some really good food thinking like okay I'll just get some rest and um, I had an appointment I canceled and then The only thing I really wanted to do was talk to you. So that night we ended up chatting because you were still in Austin, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. And we ended up talking for what, three hours? Yeah. And how did that conversation go?
1: Yeah. So we talked for three hours that night. And it was just mind-blowingly awesome. We're talking about all these visions and ideas and possibilities and, like, finding shared connection. And then Blake brings up the topic. What about this former girlfriend that's still taking up space in your life? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what about her? So- oh,
0: what about her? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Blake really set the standard that it's like, no judgment to me personally as a person, but if I'm going to be with her, I've got to clear out every space that that would take up the space that she would be in for me. And a lot of, you know, a big chunk of that is to finish my former relationship. Like, it kind of was finished, but it wasn't finished. (laughs) So, so to, to, you know, break off that communication and, and finish it.
0: And take care of a lot of things, a lot of loose ends Mm -hmm. that there were involved. And that, that conversation was so wonderful and so hard for me because I knew that I really liked him. I knew that we had a connection, you know, he had mentioned coming to visit and I was like really considering it, but I knew that. You know, I couldn't open myself up to someone who wasn't willing to fully commit and who wasn't available to fully commit. And I actually asked him like through our conversation, you know, what's the what's the situation and do I need to guard my heart? Mm -hmm. You know, do I need to put a wall up because it, you know, I need to protect myself, you know, and I've been through a lot of like bad, toxic settling relationships I mean, I've had some really great ones too and I've learned a lot from all of my different relationships but I knew that at this point in my life you know at 37 um, wanting to build an empire wanting to live a, a higher level of life wanting to really be conscious in my life and find a conscious partner that I just wasn't available for anything less than what would allow me to live my dreams And I had really decided that after my last relationship, you know, six plus months ago, where I realized like I have been settling and I have been like taking pieces of what I want and like settling for less than that. And I'm just not gonna do it anymore. I'd rather be single and be alone than be with the wrong person or, you know, be just like hooking up with somebody to make me feel better. I just was really all in on myself. And that meant like being okay, feeling uncomfortable and having this conversation with him where I easily could have let it go on a few days and you know keep connecting but I just knew that I needed to get nipped in the bud immediately and so when he was telling me kind of about their relationship and the ties that were still there and like the communication that was still happening the things that he had of hers you know which which physical things represent it's an energy so when you're you have someone else's stuff in your space like you still have them in your space and there were you know, several things that needed to be wrapped up. And you know, I just told him like, this is what I require. If you are interested in moving forward with me, I need you to like completely clear this out. I, I need us to have a fresh start. I need you to be sure that you want to be with me and that you are ready to let go. And I can't, I can't, you know, I, I'm- I deserve to have all of you, all of your heart. And then that-, that was very bold of me because I could have lost him, you know, right then, and it was scary. But I just knew that I deserved to be loved fully, and I, I've been through so many relationships where I wasn't, and I just wasn't going to settle again. And so I asked him, you know, do I need to guard my heart? And he said that, you know, he did have some fears. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, like, what are you afraid of? And the thing i love about luke is that he will always think before he Mm. responds he doesn't just like spout out an answer he doesn't tell me what i think i want to hear what he thinks i want to hear he like let me just take a second and really think about that is what he says and then he does and then he answers the question from like an honest true place which is another like you know secret to like successful Mm. relationships i think is being willing to actually inquire within yourself and ask yourself those questions so that you can answer honestly from a vulnerable place. And so I asked you, what are you most afraid of? Do you remember what you said?
1: I was so afraid of hurting Blake. I was so afraid of, and more specifically, I was afraid that I was going, like I was misinterpreting myself or misinterpreting my circumstances, like not being honest with myself on some level that would then lead to me changing my approach things with Blake and I could tell early on that Blake was someone who would go fully in and be very hurt if things didn't work out and I didn't fully trust myself to Like I really wanted to be with her but I was afraid I'd surprise myself with something. I knew I wouldn't intentionally hurt her. I knew that but I didn't know if I wouldn't unintentionally hurt her Mm -hmm. so I was Mm -hmm. and then connected to that is I'm afraid of being a bad person and to me like not having done my work to know where I'm at in a way that would then make her get hurt is like I mean doesn't shouldn't make me a bad person but
0: well, there's a lot wrapped I up would
1: feel that. bad about it.
0: Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of other stuff that's come up that we've worked yeah. through. It's wrapped up in like why you have attached to doing something wrong to being a bad person. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've we worked through another time but like imagine that you are f- having feelings for this person you you're completely opening yourself up to them and then they say like well I don't know if I can trust myself that I actually like really like you and like if I commit to you I don't know if I can trust myself that like I'm fully in alignment with that decision then I might change my mind later and hurt you it was just like <laughs> <laughs> <me>. oh, God <laughs> like it, it was it was painful to hear that it didn't feel good. But I was like, okay, he's being honest. I appreciate that. I love that. You know, that's what we're doing here. It's just like, we we have something to lose, but like in the big mm. picture, we weren't super invested at that point yet. And there was no commitment. And so I just started like gently, kindly, lovingly coaching him. I mean I hate to say it that way but like it's
1: very much what it was you know (laughs)
0: um and I just asked him like okay so like what's the worst that could happen you know what are you like why are you holding on to this connection what's the what are you afraid of Mm -hmm. is that's gonna happen like if you actually let go do you remember what she said
1: yeah there were a number of things I mean one of them that I remember was I was just afraid of hurting her like I had taken on a sense of responsibility for her This other
0: person. This other Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: this other yeah, thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Which her are we talking about? Yeah. The, I was afraid of hurting this other person, my former my former partner. So that was one. And then also I was just like I felt Yeah, right? <laughs> I had made a shift in my life where earlier in my life I was all about just like ending things when I thought they were no longer right or useful and just moving on. And then I had a big shift where I was like, there's always more value to be gained, there's more value to be given. And that had been a big theme for me. So it's like I'm not used to cutting things off anymore. And I felt like, well, what if what what could I lose here in terms of like like why does something need to be cut off? If something's gonna be cut off. That just means that there could be no more value gained from it. That's how I was thinking about it. And then on some level, like, I was willing to keep the door open to something. Maybe something could happen. I've been with this person on and off for a number of years.
0: Like, how many? Uh, Tell them how many.
1: Approaching six.
0: Yeah. So a long time. Yeah. Which is like, that's a big deal. Yeah. So like, yeah. And you had you had told me you invested a lot into the relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, and you were bringing her to events and, like, really wanting to help her grow and, like, hoping that, you know, there would be a match made on the level that you are looking for if you kept investing Mm -hmm. into the relationship and putting in time and putting in money and putting in effort. And, like, how many of us do this? Mm -hmm. We hold on to a relationship. We put so much into it. We're like, I've been, like, with this person for so long, and I've helped them in so many different ways. And you know, whether it's like supporting them emotionally through life, for financially through a job, you know, taking them to on a trip or whatever, like, or you just y- we associate like this amount of time as this value. When like it's hilarious because when we think about like how long we've been together and like all the value that's come out of that, I mean, time is just a construct. Mm-hmm. But he was telling me all of this, and I said, because he was explaining to me that he had put a lot into the relationship and that he was, like, hoping that he might still get something out of it. Like, being, you know, thinking, like, well, maybe there could be, you know, something still there. And, of course, like, I'm listening to this and I'm like, well, this is exactly why you'll never have me. Because if you don't let go of her, like, I'm not available, you know. And I said, I told him a story about how (laughs) we've got the cat running around like a little crazy kitty. Um, that I told him a story about how my friends used to call me the wife preparer where I would get into a relationship with a man or, okay, let's be honest, a man child or like a boy in a man's body. And I would, you know, help take care of him. I would help him grow emotionally. I would coach him. I would, you know, sometimes take on like a motherly role, like really trying to help him grow and, you know, just put in everything that I had trying to make it work, even though like there were a lot of areas where it wasn't working and there were great areas where it was working. I was just fighting to like do whatever I could and just trudge through it, investing time, money, energy. And then ultimately it would end and then they would marry the next woman they met. So I basically was doing all this work preparing them to like be with their their wife, like you're welcome ladies, <laughs> you know, so. Um I said, you know, it kind of sounds like you're doing some husband preparing here because if you guys have been on and off for this long and it's not working like you're just setting her up for her next person. And then in addition, I told him about um one of my previous like most serious relationships in the past. I was with him for 4 over 4 years and He, it's funny though because it was very parallel to what we're going through. So my ex, I mean, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. And we ended up splitting up for numerous reasons. She's being crazy, the kitty. And it was really hard for me because when we split up we were kind of like a back and forth sort of situation. And ultimately we decided to stay friends. And then he told me over text that he was getting married And I was pretty hurt about that because I felt like, you know, we were together for a very long time. We've been friends for all this time, and like, you're not giving me a courtesy call and like letting me know that, you know, we can't be communicating anymore. And he cut things off with me, and I felt very hurt. It was like, you know, we were a huge part of each other's lives for a very long time. Like we built a, I built a life with this person. We lived together. All of our friends were the same. You know, we worked together. Like this was like the equivalent of a very serious relationship for me. And it was really hard for me to move on from that. And I still carried a lot, and I actually ended up writing a song about it. It's a beautiful song that you can listen to on all, <laughs> all music platforms called Goodbye Letter. And ultimately what I realized was that when I found um, who he had married, and I was able to kind of hunt them down on social media as you know, we do, I realized that she made him happy in ways that I never could. She understood a sense of humor. She like, Aligned with him. They were just so much more right for each other than I ever could be for him And that was so eye-opening for me in realizing that you know It's selfish of me to hold on to something thinking that like I'm gonna be the best solution or I'm gonna be the best Partner for this person when it's really not a fit and how much of a gift It is for me to let someone go so that they can find the person that's right for them And thank goodness it, like it didn't work out between me and him Thank goodness. It didn't work out with any of the other people I was with men women and trans people because you know, this is my person who I'm meant to be with, but I had to clear out all of that and let go and allow that person to move on and to find their person in order for me to find my person. And I feel like that really resonated when I told you that story. It
1: did. It. What Blake helped me realize was that I needed to create that space for whoever my person would be, whether it would be Blake or whether it would be someone else, which was really freeing for me. She really helped me realize that like at this stage in my life and this stage in my evolution for the romance that I really want in my life, I need that space fully open and not have some little pieces that are leaking out the energy yes. of what that would be. It's and, I, and I love that she helped me realize this is not like just for her. This is for me. And it may be for her, but <clears throat> it's already worthwhile just for me, right. which was very freeing for me. And it's like, it was, this was also a moment of me falling in love with Blake because she has such penetrating like, ability to reach me. I mean, she's such an incredible coach as you know, I mean, as you know already, but like this was an, an early, probably the, I think the first experience for me with you as a coach that I'm, I'm kind of hard to coach to tell you the truth. <laughs> like I got my walls, I got my ego, I got my ideas. <laughs> she could just like weave in between my mind wall stuff to reach me to have a new realization. And it was like, it was a profound experience for me, which like did two things. One, it sold me on making space, but two, it like sold me on her. <laughs> <laughs> like, Aww. this woman is incredible. Aww. I have so much to learn. And we have so much to grow. Like, she's going to show up with the same level of growth and drive that I do. Like, it was just so hot.
0: i'm like listen this is how it's gonna be (laughs) this is what i need and he's like
1: wow the element of like you know sort of an unfortunate way to put it but we're always like judging like our perceived value of people Mm -hmm. like how much of a catch is this person like how quality are they it's like unfortunate that we do that but you know what i mean and to me it's like wow blake is like a mind-blowing human One that I do not want to miss the opportunity to be with. So sweet.
0: Thank you.
1: So the result of all of this, the result of all of this is that...
0: I do want to say really quick, because I absolutely want to hear what you have to say. That, so we're talking about this, he's having this realization he's like okay like you know what you're right I need to do this for me I'm like oh, this is so great because you want your partner to be making decisions for themselves Mm. because you don't want it coming back like resenting you for like a decision they made on your behalf like that's part of the growth is we're deciding that you know like even when we are talking about choosing each other like it's a choice that we make individually so it was so important to me that he be able to do this on his own all of that being said It sounds great. He's like, yes. Like, I'm going to make space for you. I want to do this. I'm like, that's great. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. So then go ahead. Okay. I was just like, well, all right. I'm just going to watch.
1: So I decided in this conversation that I was going to create the space, which basically meant finishing things with my former partner. And I told that to Blake. And I mean... I knew that it was just words when I, I mean, it was more than words, but I knew Blake would perceive it initially as just words. Like I've got to act to to show something about it.
0: Absolutely. And we must require that of each other. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the next day I was traveling home. That's like getting to the airport and taking a couple of flights and then for me driving (laughs) two hours to get from my home airport to my place. (laughs) And it was a big travel day, but I made a point during that trip to set up a time to talk with my former partner. And we talked about this. And we finished things.
0: And I did not tell him to do that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that he was doing it until later when I talked to him. He's like, so, I made a phone call today. And he was so cute. He was like, I'm, I know how you felt when your ex texted you. And so I made sure to, like, have a conversation with her and talk right. to her about it on the phone. Instead of just texting instead her Instead of just texting I was yeah. like, that's very sweet because we don't like that. <laughs> like it's, it's much more kind to, like, talk, you know, have on the phone and then um and that was like a huge i mean literally within 24 hours less than that he had taken action and i was like okay so there's some merit here like i'm gonna pay attention and i had told him on the on the phone like i'm gonna have to put a wall up because until you've shown me that this is like that you are moving forward i need to protect myself and he was so understanding and like the healthy appropriate thing like i totally understand and i will show you with my words and my actions That I'm serious and that I really wanna pursue this with you. And that, like, I've been in relationships before where, you know, I've been fought on that, like, well, you should feel this way and you need to trust me and you need to trust Mm. what I say. That is a red flag. And, you know, somebody that's caring and, and loving and, like, and honest will, like, understand that you're human and that you need to protect yourself. You know, I had even apologized to him at one point, or maybe not apologized, but had brought up, like, sorry I was so harsh on you. when we sat down for that two hours because I was like shit or get off the pot bro you know and like I was harsh and I apologized for that and he was like you were just protecting yourself Mm. like you were doing the right thing for you and that was another moment where I was like this guy is has done the work on himself like he doesn't feel threatened by me you know having power as a woman for standing Mm. up for myself for having standards for requiring more than maybe like the average girl, per se, like, really wanting a conscious relationship, and so that was really powerful for me that he had taken that action, and it just continued, like, so many other things that he was doing every single day without me even asking, but as we were talking about, like, okay, so, you know, you're gonna end the relationship, like, what else is there, and there were, like, a few things happening that needed to be resolved (laughs) for for it to, like, close,
1: yeah, I'll just tell you. <laughs> so, I mean, so that was, like, the first step to, like, to, to finish the relationship, to say that, you know, we're done, and I did that within 24 hours, because, like, I had the sense early on, Blake is such a growth-oriented person, she wants a partner who's ready to keep up with her.
0: It's true. I, I and, had, I, this is the first partner I've ever had who's been able to keep up with me. It's so hot.
1: And I knew. And I knew... For her to trust that I could keep up with her meant I needed to act as quickly as I reasonably could. Like, no unnecessary delays. It was like, okay, we were talking with that three-hour conversation. It was like in the middle of the night. Obviously, I'm not gonna take any action at that point. But the next day, there's time to take action. So I did. And there became a series of, uh, what, bars for me to (laughs) overcome. To to win this amazing woman in my life. And with each one, I made a point to like, within 24 hours, to either do it or make a big step of progress if it couldn't all be reasonably done. Uh So the things that were still pending were like, I had some clothes of hers. I had um, a a bicycle. um, I had some like technology (laughs) thing connected to her nephew that I was still entangled with. Um, we, like, we had some money entanglement that hadn't been sorted out, like some money hone and then the big one. <laughs> Should we share this? I, I guess too late at this I, point. I mean, it's, it's so, up to you.
0: It's, it, so, it's a part of the story. From, from,
1: years earlier in the relationship.
0: I do want to interrupt you really yeah. quick though, in case someone's hopping in this video and didn't okay. go back and watch the first one. Like, they were not in a, in a relationship. They were still in touch. Like, mm-hmm. we might someday get back together they weren't officially together so he wasn't like cheating on her right sitting down with me and like pursuing me it was kind of like she was like there in case you know like we
1: lived in different states yeah we were broken up there were still feelings though right
0: just like there it was like you need to decide if you're gonna like still have this woman in your life or not because i'm not gonna be around if you're gonna still have her in your life because clearly like there's not space for me fully so anyway yeah, so the last big thing that needed to be worked <laughs> yeah. through.
1: Um, is that we had, from from like four years prior, she and I had picked out an engagement ring to have ready.
0: Imagine <laughs> when I found out about this, how I felt about it. Because we had been talking for like days, because we had mm-hmm. continued conversing, and like he's telling me like I'm doing these things, and I'm not asking, he's just telling me, which is like super great. And then he tells me like, there are these rings and I'm like, hold on, what? Like, r- like engagement ring? Okay, hold on. I thought that like, wait, how serious is this? Like, I don't, this is, this is a lot. And it was very triggering for mm-hmm. me. You know, I'm like, at that point I'm like, shit, what have I gotten myself into? Because I'm like, developing feelings for this person and he's still got a <laughs> ring from this girl that, like, he's holding on to. Like, oh, man. And that, of course, brought up the, like, this is why I don't date younger (laughs) men. This is exactly why. Like, they're not ready for me. They can't handle it. Like, oh, here we go again. You know, I'm just, like, going, like, spiraling out. But tell them what. Tell them how it went.
1: So, I mean, so I still had the ring because I felt like there was still possibility. And it was also cost, like, $1,500. And I'm like well, I don't want to just, like, throw that away on the level of the money either. So it's like, I, I just, I didn't have a compelling reason yet to, like, get rid of it. So I was holding on to it as a possibility. So, <laughs> obviously, I I had learned by this point that, like, creating space meant creating space. Yeah. And so I was going to get rid of this ring. There were actually two rings. Uh, one was an engagement ring, one was a wedding band, and they fit together. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, and um, <laughs> so I I talked to my former partner to figure out what to do with them. Like, I didn't want to just sell them or dispose of them or give them away without consulting her because I know they meant a lot to her, too.
0: Which, again, is why I love him because he's so thoughtful, mm-hmm. like even like including her in the decision. And I, su- and I 100% supported that. I'm like, this is something from your past and you guys need to s- you need to f- fulfill this and move on from it in a way that feels good to you Mm. and i also am not trying to be someone that's telling him what to do or creating resentment for the future so this again is part of doing the work like he's doing the work of like i really have to address this thing that i've been holding on to i have to have uncomfortable conversations with her i have to figure out what i'm going to do and i'm over here like i'm so freaking triggered by this i've got to work on like not Demanding things of him not you know, like he knows my expectations of my value and what is required to be in a relationship with me But I'm not telling him what to do. I'm just Mm -hmm. telling like I would this is what I said and like what I'll always say is I'll never tell you what to do I'll tell you how I feel about it and then you get to decide what you want Mm -hmm. to do with that information But it was hard, you know, I mean like I'm triggered I'm like what the F, you know, like I just I wanted to respond in a more charged way, but I'm over here doing my work you know, really working on dealing with all of these triggers, and we forgot like a huge part of the story as we do as we're telling these. I tested co- for positive for COVID. Uh-huh. Sorry, like, so she's
1: uh, she's done with COVID. Yeah, well, so I have
0: COVID you... while I'm dealing with all of this.
1: First time having COVID. first time
0: having COVID. It was horrible. I was so sick, and so I'm like over here like sick and like just getting sicker, fever, you know, the chills, like just the horrible cough and like headache and just all of the things and just trying to like process my emotions while he's doing all this stuff. Like, okay, I can't tell this guy what to do and I need to deal with my own triggers and like also take care of myself. Oof, it was hard. It was trooper. <laughs> I was a trooper.
1: <laughs> so what we figured out I won't go through all the details of it, but we we came to a a mutual solution me and my former partner and It's pretty epic (laughs) Is to return the rings to nature, which basically meant throwing them into a river Because like I mean, you know, maybe we could sell them But like I don't know it's kind of a lot of work to like sell them maybe and then it's just it, It seemed more sacred for, for reasons that I won't fully describe here, it ended up being the choice that worked for both of us, my former partner and me, and it was also just very efficient. Mm-hmm. So when I was skipping ahead just a little bit, when I was driving to the airport to then go and visit Blake on this trip, found the Des Moines River, pull over my car, cast them into the river. It was like such a movie moment.
0: Yeah.
1: But it was... It was, it was beautiful and freeing. And in case I didn't describe this before, it's been a slow decline in that former relationship. Um, in case that wasn't clear, like it's over the years, like it has ups and downs, but it's been a decline over the last number of years. And then, So it wasn't like things were like, I wanna illustrate that for me to let go of this former relationship was not like a huge, we were kind of already at that point it was just more of like letting go of the last bits
0: yeah you know? and a symbol of holding on to things out of hope for yeah. things changing and, and possibility of the future and and i think that's a very human thing like we hold on to things because we're afraid of you know what it means to not have them and i mean i know a lot of I know that a lot of relationship coaches talk about, like, creating that space for your person, you know, letting go of anything that belongs to someone else, you know, sleeping on one side of the bed, Mm. opening up drawers for them, like, creating the space before they get there, you're, like, sending this message out to the universe that you're ready for something new, and that's what I have been doing, and so... It was concerning to me that he was still, like, latched on and that there were rings. Like, that's a big deal. Even if they, even if on some level they both knew, like, this isn't going to work out, but we have these rings anyway. It's just still this attachment and this leaky energy that says, like, I'm not going to be able to fully commit to someone else. Mm -hmm. Because in the back of my mind, there's this idea that things could work out or I can, I have somebody to go back to. It's Mm -hmm. like having a backup. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, no. (laughs) No. you're, you're committing to me hundred percent or like nothing because no, 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 no. And you know, and it was, it was a difficult situation, but like he continued to prove every single day that he really wanted to up level and he was ready to be on a level of full commitment that he was really ready to have a partnership that is conscious. That is where we're co-creating, where we're doing this. Like this is something that we've both always wanted that we just hadn't found the person to do with yet. And so that all being said, like there's not always a hard and fast rule of, you know, preparing in a, in a specific way mm. or being completely open or being completely ready. Right. Circumstances brought us together to where, you know, he still had some attachments. I was completely free, but I just showed up in the best way that I could and saying like, this is what is required for me to be able to open my heart to someone. And he was ready to act. And so It's really about just being willing enough and Mm -hmm. then letting someone know, like, what is it that you need in order to feel secure in a relationship and to be chosen? Because everyone deserves to be chosen. No one should be a second choice. And I think when you are with the right person, like, you do whatever you need to do to rise to that occasion so that you could be together. And Luke has done that, like, time and time again, even down to when, you know, I love having the adult conversations, like, hey, Well, we had gone to a point where we were like, okay, we're not going to be dating other people. We really want to pursue this and see, like, what this is fully. You know, we're both at an age where we're, like, we were looking for our partner. We're not trying to date around. We've already done that. And so we were talking about, like, you know, what would it look like for us to be sexual together? And I asked him when the last time he was tested was. You know, I had been tested recently. Um, and I wanted to have that conversation before we got into the same space. Because as we're going through all this, he's letting go of things. I'm getting sicker in COVID. We're planning a trip. So he's bought a, a ticket to come out here. And, you know, we, it, we happened to time it well where I had tested negative the day that he got here. I tested positive for 12 days. Um, but I totally lost my train of thought. You're
1: talking about um, thank you. how quickly I acted. On yes.
0: Dating, thank you. Know. you. Another reason why I love him. Um, So I wanted to have the conversation about like, where are we at, you know, as far as like sexual and um, getting tested and things like that ahead of time. So that when we were in person, like we just didn't have to worry about that. Another part of like wanting a conscious relationship is having these uncomfortable conversations, being willing to protect yourself and your health. Like that's very important. And he hadn't been tested in a while. It's okay that I'm sharing mm-hmm. this? Yeah, it's okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, I was recently tested and, you know, do you want me to get tested again? I would really love it if you would get tested. And I said, you know, I just wanna remind you that like the HSV um, test is not actually on the main panel. You have to ask for that. That's herpes, if you're wondering, and the two different kinds of herpes and so you know if you do get tested like you need to ask for it and so he was like okay like i'll definitely do that so i just let it go i'm like i let him know what i require i'm not gonna nag him i'm not gonna ask again it's not my job we'll just see what he does and then what happens next day (laughs) the next day
1: next day took care of it and let her know once it was done yeah
0: and i even asked him on the phone like did you ask for you know the extra and he was like, sure did. And I'm like, oh my, cause actually we were on video that night and you were like writing it down, like making a note when mm. I told you that you have to ask for it. And I just thought like, holy shit, this guy is like for real. Like he, he really like is interested in me. He really wants to make the effort. Was not
1: going to miss a beat.
0: He, and he did not, <laughs> he did not. And you know, I just, ugh, I, and it, and it also just shows Luke's character. Like, he's somebody who, when he knows what he wants, he goes after it. He's willing to do the work. He is willing to do the hard thing, to have the hard conversations. And he wants to grow. And that's what a conscious relationship is. It's about growing. We're growing together. We're growing closer. We go through uncomfortable things. We trigger each other. We even sometimes say hurtful things that, like, we didn't mean to be hurtful about and mm. we worked through it. And that's ultimately what we were both were looking for. So he's just showing me time after time, after time, after time, like, I'm in, I'm into you, Blake. I'm into you, Blake. Like, I want to show up for you. I want to show up for you. And I'm just like, okay. And my heart is opening more and more and more. And we ended up talking for like,
1: so the uh, funny thing is so I'm, I'm leaving the hot, I text her right. When I was leaving the hospital to say, Hey, I did the tests. And then she happened to be online at that moment. So we're like, oh, let's just talk on the phone for 15 or 20 minutes. I'm sitting in the parking lot, in the, my car in the parking lot of the hospital. We talked for three, maybe four hours. <laughs> I'm like, my throat is parched. Yeah, I'm so, so thirsty. I'm no, <laughs> no. And I'm like, oh, Oh, my God, you're oh, so
0: cute. He's sending me a picture of him, like, in the car, like, with, like, his pants rolled up and, like, his shirt hot. off. And, like, I'm like, this is so cute. <laughs> and I'm at home, like, super sick, coughing with COVID and just feeling awful. And then that night, we talked for, like... Like,
1: another six hours Yeah, it was,
0: like, crazy. And it just... It... That
1: weekend, we're on the phone for 15 hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, within 12... And in those
1: 12 days, yeah, 38 hours. We tallied up all the hours. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you know by the time Luke got to Colorado we had invested so much time in getting to know each other on an emotional and a spiritual level and I was t- I would ask him like hey have you seen that show love is blind and he hadn't seen it and I was like let me tell you about this insane show and how like we were totally paralleling this and I always like wanted to be on Love is Blind, but you know, like I also really want a conscious partner and wasn't sure I would find them there. And then also as a queer woman, it was like kind of complicated. Um, and basically the premise of Love is Blind is that there's men on one side, women on the other side, there's a lounge in an area where they all sleep and live together, and then these pods where you go into one side of a pod and the other side of a pod and there's a wall in between. And so you're dating these people blindly without ever seeing them. You just hear their voice and you have conversations. And it's a two week experiment in the pods and basically everyone dates each other and then they kind of narrow down their list and then they start dating, you know, just a few people until they find their their person and then they end up getting engaged. And then they meet in real life and see each other physically for the first time and kind of like, make that connection of this emotional relationship that they had built. And it was so potent to me. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was so open to my heart moving so quickly and like things clicking for us so quickly when you got here because we had spent two hours together in person after like maybe a total of 10 minutes before that at the event. And then we spent, you know, almost 40 hours on the phone and video because about half of Mm -hmm. it was video connecting and talking and sharing our fears and sharing our dreams and, you know, learning more about each other and like working through triggers. I mean, really dealing with stuff that was really, really hard. And I was also so sick with COVID. Like I was having, I just, it, so much was coming up for me that, you know, I lost my sense of smell. I lost my sense of taste. I could not fucking eat, and I come from a background of anorexia, orthorexia, and bulimia, so that was insanely triggering, and I'm almost 12 years recovered, and I have not struggled with food at all in the last decade, and I was so triggered, and I just felt like this is never going to get better. All I wanted to do was just be on the phone with Luke. He was the only thing that made me feel better, that made me feel like, you know, still lovable. I mean, we were on video, and I like haven't washed my hair in like four days, and I'm just like, my face just like, I just look sick, I'm coughing and he just like showed up for me and just saw beyond the sickness of like who's underneath. And it just like, it was so beautiful for us to build something so real without having like all the other stuff get in the way. And I, I honestly like, I'm so incredibly grateful for COVID because had I not been sick, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to bond In the way that we did so deeply um over the course of time because he was going to work and coming home and getting food and then calling me (laughs) and that was like the routine for two weeks basically while we waited for um the date to come visit and thankfully we didn't have to push it back and then he was taking care of everything in the previous connection and everything that we would learn about each other would just like reiterate like why we're so right for each other i mean it's just it's so crazy how that one moment in the beginning like it's like we connected we knew that there was something there we knew it was intense i was terrified and i'm like running away from it and thankfully he kept pursuing me um but now it's just looking back it just makes so much sense that everything else is just proven that like we were meant to be together if that is fits into your worldview <laughs> if you believe that you know
1: cute little example here to be so like I don't necessarily believe in predeterminism, the idea that like something is meant to happen. Uh, Blake does, but that that's, that's, fine. Yeah, that's fine, you know? Right. I believe we're an incredible fit, one right. that I don't expect to find through anyone else that Blake has the unique self to fulfill the dreams that I've always had for life and relationship on such a level that I would never want to trade her for anything or ever risk losing her. And that's part of why I was, I detected that early on through our conversations and through who she is. It's part of why I was taking action so quickly because I didn't want there to be any moment of doubt. Like, oh, is he not taking the step because he's questioning if it is worth it? Like, I don't want any room for that. We're gonna nail this every step of the way. And then that's how you build trust. So true.
0: (laughs) And a lot of trust was built.
1: Yeah. So. So whether it's, you know, we're meant to be or we're just an incredible fit and we found each other, it's the same end exactly. result. Exactly.
0: It's the same end result. You know? And we can
1: we can operate together fluidly, even if we have different ideas of how the universe works. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's great, too, because we are always opening up each other's mm-hmm. mind and seeing things differently. And when he offers, you know, his perspective on that, it just it it's great because. It b- brings us closer together. It also helps me see the world in a different way. And I learn something. And it allows me to grow as a person. And, and also to know that, you know, his level of commitment, what that means for him and my level of commitment and what that means for me. And ultimately that at the end of the day, like we choose each other. Because yeah, sure, we could spend, you know, another few years looking for somebody else who is like, older than him or younger than me because you know we're four years apart and some of like the doubts and of seeds of things that have come up that we've had to work through have been age-related but I mean do we want to spend all of that time looking for another person that's so in alignment I mean there's this idea that you know if you do believe in some type of pre predetermination, is that how I say mm. it that you know we can talk about the term soulmate and how there's kind of this idea that like, oh, everyone has a soulmate. Um, I definitely attach to that idea. And I've been with somebody in my life previously who I really thought was my soulmate and probably was, and you know, was a very good fit and it didn't work out. Um, But I really believe, you know, in my viewpoint that we have multiple soulmates, that there are multiple people on the planet who we are such a great fit with that we could really live a full life and be super happy with. There's very, very few of them because we're all so unique. But when you find someone that's a fit like that, it's about like choosing them every day and making the decision that this is the person you want to build a soulmate life with. So it's not about like finding that one person. It's about being the person that you're on the level of the life you want to live. And then being open to that person coming in and then building that life together. And to me, like, that's so much more powerful than it being like, Oh, you're going to find this person that you're meant to be with because that implies that like, it's easy. It's like a one decision. And that's just not how it works. And I think that's important that we talk about that because it's, you know, this is work for us to be together, but it's like so much fun. And like, we laugh so much and we dance and we're so, so, I mean, and it's just crazy. Like all the things about him that, you know, I wanted from like personal development to being an entrepreneur, to wanting to travel, to speaking, I've always wanted to be a coach and a speaker with my partner to like playing piano and being musically inclined and like loving being on stage and like his job that's helping him grow as a, as a teacher and a trainer and a coach, um, to other things like little things like he puts the toilet seat down. I know, I, I bring, I tell everybody this. I'm like, my boyfriend puts his toilet seat down and I don't even have to ask him. Like, it's just like little things like that where it's like, holy crap, like that's such a bonus. Or like, he loves to dance and he has so much rhythm. And like, we're going to try all different types of dances and things that I've always wanted, but I just didn't, you know, realize I could get. Or another example of like, if you're making your list of, you know, what you think you want in a partner. And, you know, we get really specific and we think like, Oh, it would be so cool to, like, you know, I always thought it'd be nice to have someone with, like, a British accent or, like, an Australian accent. I haven't told you this. (laughs) Um, and, you know, it was, like, okay, that would be really great, and, like, that, I would think that that was really sexy. Well, Luke has the most attractive, sexy voice to me that, like, I mean, he can say very little to me and get me, like, ready to go. Like, I'm so attracted to his voice. I mean, I'm attracted to all of him, obviously. But and we spent so much time on the phone that I realized that that quality that I wanted wasn't about an accent. It was about me being attracted to the voice that was coming through that I would be communicating with for the rest of my life. And so it's things like that where I'm realizing like he literally could not have been a better fit for me, but I had to be open to that because like I was looking for a wife. And then also like, what does that say about me too? If I'm really trying to fit into this box of like being a specific kind of queer, instead of being just like, an open, fluid woman, you know, which you can define as pansexual or bisexual or whatever. And I'm just so grateful that I was open and willing because if I hadn't opened up to the possibilities that maybe I couldn't see, I never would have met him. Or I would have just written him off. And that would have been the biggest mistake of my life.
1: Yeah, it would have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would have. So anything else until mm. we close this chapter before you actually arrived in Denver?
1: Yeah, yeah. A few thoughts. I mean, I want to tell you part of what sold me on Blake. Mm. I mean, so much of what you've been sharing is like what you saw in me, but so much that I saw in her. Like, I mean, just—I mean, I was just immensely attractive, like amazing. But then that connection, right? We talked about in the last video. Like, sometimes you feel things that are hard to describe, but very easy to feel. It's yeah. like. It was just so easy to be, feel this deep sense of purpose and connection with her. This was a huge driving force for me. Just feeling very natural, very comfortable with her. I think that's a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Like, just feeling like I can really be myself. But then our visions of the future, of being speakers and coaches together, living a traveling lifestyle, creating music, transforming the world.
0: Mm -hmm. A family. A
1: family. There's just like all these alignments in ways that are very unique to us, that's rare for us to find. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she thinks, she has such like deep insight into everything that she expresses because she's thought so deeply about it and like looked at it from so many different angles, is always willing to look at it from a new angle. So I found her mind endlessly fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like, how do we spend? 38 hours together over 12 days. Well, from my side, that was very much connected to just loving listening to the flow of her mind.
0: With COVID. With
1: COVID. <laughs> she's a sharp cookie. COVID, COVID did not change that.
0: I was, it, I was so sick, y'all. I was so sick. Like, I mean, I'm shocked at like how I was able to pull myself together and be coherent. But I was literally doing nothing except for being in bed and talking to Luke because he got me through it.
1: And Blake was so good at, like, reassuring me constantly with, like, loving words and admiration. I mean, you can see the way it's, like, like, I feel fantastic. He's <laughs> Just pouring it on. So, like, oh, my gosh, this woman's, like, you know, loving me and sees who I am and, like, always making me feel like I'm on the top of the world. And then, like, pretty soon I realized, like, I got to get on that, my version of that game. Because, like, I just wasn't in the habit of expressing appreciation like that and i you know realized quickly through her example and through her expressing her needs to me that she wanted a lot of reassurance too and like a validation and appreciation so that was another example of like okay i know what she was desiring here i mean and so i believe it's a good thing let me raise my game let me make more of a habit of reminding her how gorgeous she is and how much i love her mind and how like visionary she is and whatever i can just and so, like, we got this back and forth rapid fire appreciation that's part of our daily life mm-hmm. that's so nourishing. It's for so both nourishing.
0: Of us. It's so nourishing. And when, you know, we're filling up each other's cup, it's just overflowing, overflowing, overflowing. And then that energy can go into more things. And I think that can be something that's so, like, we've talked about how important it was for us to learn each other's things that make each other feel good. First of all, it's very, very helpful that we have the same love languages, Mm -hmm. you know, physical touch, obviously, like we're very touchy. (laughs) We're always touching, you know, so like get used to it, (laughs) Um, but physical touch and then words of affirmation, quality time. Mm -hmm. So those are both, I would say pretty equal. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, it's really important to us that we're present with each other. We're not on our phones all the time. We definitely are learning to navigate like being a little more connected maybe, but we've been spending so much time together this week. Um, But just having his full attention and him having my full attention especially in like the digital age, you Mm -hmm. know Um, But words of affirmation is so important to both of us And so we really have learned how to speak to each other in a way that's gonna make each other feel good And like even with me asking like, you know Like asking him what he needs or what he wants and you know how I can support him and vice versa And then when he tells me I want to give that to him And I want to make the effort. Like, I'll make an alert in my phone of something that I know that he likes to remind me every day to do it because I know that it's going to make him happy. And so, (laughs) so, and then he does the same thing for me. And the thing is, like, I've been in relationships before where, you know, the person, like, I'd ask for something like, hey, can you tell me I'm beautiful? Or can you say sweet things to me? Or, like, I'm feeling really vulnerable. Like, you know, would you kind of reassure me? And they would kind of clam up and say, like, not, like refused to do it because it wasn't their idea or because they didn't want to like tell me what I want to hear it needs to be genuine it needs to be in the moment but we just don't have that outlook at all it's like if you are needing something and I can give it to you and it doesn't hurt me to give it to you like of course I'm going to do mm-hmm. that like that's an act of love and then you feel so good that you then like want to do the same for the other person and we've just learned to like Validate each other and, and also be very grateful like we are constantly telling each other how grateful we are you know even something like you know he took us out to lunch today and I was like thank you so much like I noticed that you you've been spending a lot of money on us and I just want to say I acknowledge that and I am really really grateful like thank you for investing in us and sometimes it's something so simple mm. as just acknowledging and showing yeah. gratitude that makes you feel cared for and then makes you want to care back for the other person
1: absolutely this this concept of the relationship being found on the idea of just serving each other to the highest yes. ability we can mm-hmm. is so foundational to this idea of a conscious relationship mm-hmm. and that we talked about in that initial two-hour conversation mm-hmm. that we each wanted someone who was dedicated to lighting like that that we could be dedicated to lighting up and that our partner would be dedicated to lighting us up. correct and it's like With the foundation of like as soon as i know something that you really want like let me find ways to do that and like even if it takes some work on my side or it's like a little uncomfortable let me find a way to find my sense of joy in it yeah to make it sustainable
0: yeah
1: and and we've been doing that for each other Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and like yeah it just lights us up and it makes us like when blake does the things that make me really happy that i know she's doing because they make me really happy it ignites me to want to do that even more for her which then comes back to me so it's like it's like you can imagine like a figure eight kind of shape Mm -hmm. but it's like always going upwards it's like an upward spiral Mm -hmm. yeah like we went into the relationship with that as our intention Mm -hmm. and we've been doing that the whole way through Mm -hmm. you know we've had our challenges along the way as we've discovered things that we need to work out Mm -hmm. but we've been so consistent with it and we're just not giving it a chance to fall.
0: yes because see exactly. the thing
1: is is that when that pattern starts to go the other way around like oh I don't know. I'm just not gonna maybe tomorrow or maybe next week. And then Blake is starting to feel that lack from me and then maybe she starts to pull back it becomes a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. It's either an upward spiral or it's a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. It's never staying still exactly. And so we chose early on we're just gonna always keep it being an upward spiral yeah.
0: And it's so fun too. It's, it's like we're always finding new ways to appreciate each other, you know. And like even and then like, we
1: appreciate each other for appreciating each other. It's so
0: true. It's so so true. And even like little things like the text messages that he would send me, you know, every Voice morning, messages, voice in the morning. messages, or like photos. Like he would take me around his town and send me photos and videos. Or like waking up here to like little notes on my bathroom window, my bathroom mirror. And, you know, just these little things that mean so, so much. And it's just, it takes so little effort, but it just exponentially creates so much more love and joy and connection and gratitude. And then I think the other, like, main thing that we've really been committed to in our relationship is, you know, difficult conversation mm-hmm. and, like, not hiding anything. And that's going to be something we're going to get into in the next yeah. video. Because we... we got a good story on we that We <laughs> really, really, like it right now it's like all rainbows and butterflies and we're so in love and we are so in love and we went through some shit that was like people were saying like i was telling people like i felt i met this guy at this event i fell in love and like multiple people are like well you know just like you know hopefully it'll work out and just remember that like Things happen, and it takes some time, you know, to kind of see how you're going to handle things. I was like, listen, okay, we have dealt with some triggers that probably you can't handle, (laughs) okay? Like, this is a very conscious relationship, and we had conflict very early on, and we figured out how to deal with it. And and then every other thing that's come up, we're, like, moving through it so quickly now because we – oh, man, that was painful. But it was such a great learning opportunity, and I just – I'm so, so freaking glad that we found
1: each other. Yeah, me too. (laughs) One other idea where it's worth mentioning, we tell each other that we earned each other.
0: Yes, yes, oh my gosh. Luke came up with this. This, Yeah, we have this saying that we earned each other.
1: And basically what that means is, yes, we're lucky to have found each other, but we couldn't have found each other the way we did if we hadn't already earned each other before we found each other.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And what that means <laughs> is that we had, as we as we call it, done our inner work. We had prepared ourselves to be ready for this level of communication, to be ready for this level of action, to be ready for this level of love, to be ready for this level of giving, mm-hmm. to be clear on recognizing each other's value right. and not dismissing each other to just for missing what we really are.
0: Right.
1: And there's this expression of definition of luck that I love, which is when preparation meets opportunity, meaning like we're really lucky to have found each other, but we had prepared ourselves. And then in that prepared state, we had met the opportunity of finding each other. Right. So when we think about finding our person or cultivating that person, it's like how we have prepared ourselves first is the foundation for the luck.
0: Exactly, exactly, because your partner your ideal person is living on the level of the life of your dreams and you've got to get yourself to that level so that you can meet which leads me into like letting you know that that's what I do with women is I help them prepare for their partner that's something I'm really passionate about I've been through I've been through like every bad thing you go through with a guy or a girl from like cheating to like All the other terrible things, I mean, honestly, like, rape, like, abuse, um, you know, love, heartache. I mean, I went through the process of, like, dating someone and going through the transition with them and dating a non-binary person, dating women, dating men, having, like, love and hate. Like, just everything that I could possibly, like, I think before I came into this life, I was like, let me just put myself through the ringer to, like, make myself prepared and... I've grown so much through all of that and then going through eating disorder recovery that I really learned, you know, what it meant to go from like being at such a negative value of myself to going to zero to then going up into the positive so that I could attract somebody who is willing and wanting to live on another level. And so that's something I'm really passionate about. I love helping women heal the parts of themselves that are like not letting them get to that level so that they can meet their person. So if you're a woman that's watching this and you really, really, really want to stop settling in your relationships, you want to find a person who is ready and willing and wanting to have a conscious relationship with you so that you can build the life of your freaking dreams. Because like, let's be honest, like, why are we here? Let's live at like a higher level. If anything COVID and the pandemic taught us is that life is short. We never know what's going to happen. Let's go for our dreams. So if you want to connect with me and chat about what that would look like and how I might be able to help you. I'm sure that there's a link below this video, wherever, wherever it's at, that you can book a time to chat. And I would love to serve you in in any way that I can, because you know, this is the ultimate testimonial. This is ultimately like proof that all the work that I've done and everything that I put into my program that I help women with, it works. And I'm so excited to bring you all on this journey and you can watch us grow and evolve and like that's what we want more than anything is to be an example of a conscious couple you know we we really need to illustrate that it's possible and it's not just a fluke like we did the, it's not a fluke luke we did the work like we worked on ourselves so that we would be prepared and ready for each other and that we could recognize each other because had we not done that work we may have just like passed right on by and not even seen each other and missed out on an opportunity of a lifetime
1: absolutely one other thought. <laughs> yes. So another thing that really sold me on Blake that I think is not necessarily so obvious and maybe counterintuitive is the level of standard she had for what she wanted a partner was very attractive to me. And let me say more on this. So you know how when we, when we look at someone, not even necessarily in a romantic context, like some people come off as more confident. Some people come off as less confident what what's the impact of us when you feel someone's level of confidence is that you're seeing their level of trust in themselves Mm -hmm. their level of valuing in themselves and so when i'm trying to assess oh can i trust somebody i look to how they trust themselves to how they value themselves so when blake was setting the bar for me to step up like i had to do my inner work i had to like take real action i had to make big decisions in Thirters order to have her. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna be able to have her if I didn't do those things. And it's like, wow, what kind of woman values herself at that level that she's willing to let me go if I don't step up to that level? Not only the level for her, but the level of myself, which is an important principle here. She wasn't just requiring me to do things for her, she was requiring me to step up to a level of myself, which I'm on board with, that's what I want for myself. And it just, It was so much more attractive to me and i value her so much more because of that it's a very interesting concept i think it's so easy to think like oh like let me make it easier for somebody by lowering my standards in order to have them like that's the kind thing to do like they'll they'll respect me more if they see that i'm meeting them halfway but actually blake setting the bar where she did, and not in unreasonable ways, in very reasonable ways, very conscious, intentional ways, which I recognize them to be that way. I was actually pretty excited to be like, you know what? Let me earn her. Let me earn this check. (laughs) And to go through through what I needed to do. And now it's like, I'm not letting her go anywhere. (laughs) Like, I worked to get this woman. And, like, she knows her worth, which helped me know her worth. So... I I want to reemphasize this point that like, I mean, for for us to have the level of depth and commitment that we have, for me to have the level of commitment to her that I do, her standards really set the stage for that to be that way. I think it's such a powerful and not so spoken about point, how standards attract quality.
0: Oh, oh babe, yes. Mic drop. And I think that sums it up for this video right there. Thank you. So beautiful. I love you. Hey, it's Blake. Luke and I put together something really special just for you. We've had to learn how to navigate those difficult conversations, the tension that comes up when one of us gets triggered, and we realize that there's a step-by-step process that we use to move through tension, to be able to communicate, to feel seen and heard even when it's really difficult. So we want to offer this gift to you for free. It's a visual chart, so you can follow it step-by-step. It makes it really easy for you and your partner to use together. Click the link in the show notes below to get instant access to your free gift, or you can visit www.blakeandluke.com slash flowchart. We'll see you over there.